0: Sabah al-Khair. Good morning, dear listeners. You're listening to Radio 3CR on 855 AM. And Palestine, remembered with Yusuf Ahmed al-Rimawi, Robert Martin, and Nasser al-Mashni. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of Australia's only radio program that is totally dedicated to the Palestinian cause in English language. In today's episode, we will be talking about these similarities between Australia and Israel and also we will revisit the mass hunger strike of the Palestinian prisoners for this and more. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Good morning, Nasser and Robert. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning, guys.
1: Happy Saturday.
0: And this week we, we have um, an important uh, update uh, about uh, our upcoming uh, prisoners uh, event uh, on Sunday. But before that... We're going to start with the main topic today, um, the comparison slash similarity between mm. Australia and Israel from a purely um, colonial or... Uh, colonial context, yeah. Context. So just
1: just to give people an idea of the similarities between Australia the, uh, mm. that uh, was settled with Captain Cook um, uh, on the concept that Australia was terra nullis, that there was nobody here, mm. and, and um, the founding uh, principles of Zionism and uh, Palestine also being a, a terra nullis. So... I, I might just start, uh, Yusuf. One, one of the things that often gets lost in, this, uh, uh, in, the, in the context of the debate is, is that first uh, understanding of the First Nations of Australia and the First Nation people of, of Palestine that, that were there. Mm. Um, and when we understand that conflict from the context of a settler colonialist enterprise, and so that's what colonialism is, it's in fact a settler colonialism is taking somebody's land to move your people there. Now, colonialism can take two other types of forms, and one of those is, from a resource point of view, we're coming in to take your resources. And some might argue that the second uh, uh, Iraq War was to get oil and resources. Mm. And another type of colonialism is to come and take the resource that is the humans, and that's slavery, etc. Mm. But um, in the in the context of Australia, what we have is Europeans coming to a land that was not European and turning it into Australia, ethnically cleansing and killing the indigenous peoples. And the parallel to Palestine is is exactly the same. European peoples coming to a land that was occupied by indigenous people and taking that land.
0: Continuously.
1: Continuously occupied by those people living there and taking that land off them violently. Mm. Now, the parallels again in, 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 in Australia, Aboriginals resisted. Resisted the, the colo- wild colonial boys. The you land know. theft, uh, as, you, as you would. It's a natural reaction. It's protect a natural Protect yourself. Reaction. Protect your land. Protect your family. Protect your family. And when you when you look at the sort of resistance that happened in in Tasmania, the Aboriginal resistance that occurred in Tasmania. I mean, they,
0: the whole population, the genocide, white, absolute
1: genocide hmm. that occurred in in uh, um, in Tasmania. And the parallel there to, you know, 1947, 48, 49, and I know, Yusuf, we're going to talk about Nakba in the next coming weeks as we approach the 70th anniversary of 1948. Mm. Um, The parallels are absolute. Mm. The the, the ethnic cleansing, the the massacres, the disaster that befell the Palestinians – and the parallels with our
0: First Nation people. So they're the shared values that uh, Australia and you know, keep saying that we have. with Israel, nothing to be proud of. Before, uh, Nasser, you start, uh, I was surprised uh, a couple of weeks ago to read a post by a Zionist Australian in Sydney uh, creating similarity between Israel and the Aboriginal yeah. community here, saying that what they have in common is the rebirth of hope. And of course, trying to contain the um, advocacy for Aboriginal rights here in Australia within their uh, Zionist umbrella. So, it's absolutely, secret. which is absurd. Yeah. but I couldn't believe it. Yeah,
1: one one of the things that um, that w- when we talk about Palestinian resistance to Israeli apartheid in that context of settler colonialism, it removes the Islamic mm. question. It's this is not Islamism. It's not anti-Semitism. It's you took my home. I don't care who you are. So um, th- there's a very famous Israeli historian. His name is Benny Morris. And this is a guy who's very famous for saying, yeah, we're a settler colonial enterprise. Yeah, we uh, ethnically cleanse Palestine. So? Mm. So? What are yeah. you going to do about it? We were the stronger party. There was a war. We won. Get over it. Um, he's in fact, one, one, I remember reading something where he uh he was really upset that the, the, the six-day war in 1967 was so quick. In fact, the tanks got in front of the Palestinians. And by virtue of the fact that the tanks got from the Green Line to the Jordan River quicker than the people could get pushed out in front of them. Mm. That's the problem that Israel has today, is that the tanks were too quick in 1967.
0: As opposed to '48, where they, the, the tanks had to... Excuse me. Uh, The ethnic cleansing of the landowners took place before the uh, progress of tanks. So uh, I also want to remind the listeners with the name of this book, The Ethnic Cleansing of Palestine, by uh, Ilan Pape.
1: Yeah. So Benny Morris notes in his Righteous Victims, this is um, one of his early books, that the early Zionists viewed Arabs as primitive, dishonest, fatalistic, lazy, savage Much as European colonialists viewed the natives elsewhere in Asia and Africa, now these are the same words that uh, our colonial boys described the native aboriginals of Australia. Mm, So the the, word for word, I mean, the parallels are uh, uh, beyond the pale. mm. So then we go to those early Zionists and the the influx of uh, Jewish Europeans into Palestine post uh, the eighteen nineties into into World War One. And there was not enough of them to create a Jewish state. There were nowhere near a majority. In fact, by 1914, there were 740,000 Palestinians and around 60,000 Jews, who were Palestinian Jews, obviously. Mm. Um, now, the Zionists, as uh, we know, the Zionists sought to get um, a, uh, the, the, the favor of both the Ottomans. And when the Ottomans said, no, they won't sell Palestine to the, to the European Jews, they then sought the favor of the British. And from there, we went through to the Balfour Declaration, and then from post World War One, uh, the Mandate of Palestine. And I've just recently found a um, a quote from Lord Balfour, and you know, famously in the Balfour Declaration, it talks about not prejudicing the civil rights of the indigenous of the people that are already in Palestine. In private, Lord Balfour confessed, in less diplomatic terms, Zionism, be it right or wrong, good or bad, is rooted in future hopes of far profounder import than the desire and prejudices of the 700,000 Arabs who now inhabit that ancient land. In, opi- in, in my opinion, that is right. In essence, that's the Zionist terra that, that,
0: that is the real Balfour that Declaration. That is the real Balfour Declaration. And there was a document, a uh, correspondence between uh, Balfour and, I think, the British Commissioner to India in... Uh, probably the same year of Balfour yeah, Declaration. Yeah. So Basically, in other words, we're much better than them. Yeah. Let's take it over. Don't worry about the indigenous. So, so let's go back to the similarities between Australia yeah. and uh, Israel uh, from so, the colonialism yeah. point of view. So in
1: that point, uh, the Zionists originally claimed that land was empty. Mm-hmm. And then when they saw that it wasn't, they decided that their interests as white settlers mm. were greater than those that were indigenous. In Australia, um, uh, the same thing. Settlers quickly adjusted their experience, and you know, they said, "What's well, our land? No, there's uh, there's somebody here, right? Our interests are more important. Their civilization hasn't evolved to the point of understanding ownership, therefore they can't own it." Um, uh, and 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 there we go. And then you get to you know post World War Two, and the Balfour Declaration gets enacted. Um, the uh, Jewish immigration into Palestine is. Uh, accelerated to a significant greater extent. Um, and we get to that point where every other country around Palestine is given independence, You know, whether it's Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, etc. But Palestine, a mandate is created, and that word mandate is first used there, and it's in, in the form of a trusteeship. Hmm. You savages aren't ready yet for independence or the concept of democracy. You're, so not,
0: civilized enough yeah, you're not civilized enough we'll, to we'll, run we'll, your own country. We'll,
1: we'll, we'll just We'll call this mandate. And the mandate of Palestine post-World War I into World War II facilitated a, a, an am, amazing immigration of Jewish people. And obviously, the Palestinians uh, resisted. Interestingly, out of every thousand people that left Europe, this is between World War I and World War II, so it's pre-Holocaust, of every thousand people that left Europe, only four in a thousand went to Palestine. Most of them went to the United States.
0: You're talking about the Jewish migration out of Europe. Out of Europe. Between when, World War One and World War Two. When
1: offered the chance to go to biblical ancient lands, mm. these Europeans went, Now I'll go to the United States,
0: thanks. I'll give it a miss. <laughs> um, and uh, which which proves that the turning point to the Jewish migration to Palestine was the Holocaust.
1: Yeah. And and European guilt for a European disease called anti Semitism.
0: Yep. Mm.
1: Not Palestinians. Um, and
0: on the contrary, the um, the uh, the Jews in the Muslim countries like Iraq, Yemen, Morocco, Syria, Lebanon, or elsewhere were protected. So throughout the Mandate
1: period, the, the Zionists camouflaged their plan, and you know whether it was Ben Gurion, he in fact testified in the Peel Commission in 1937, and he said, "If Palestine were uninhabited, we might have asked for a Jewish state, for then it would not harm anyone else." But there are residents in Palestine, and just as we do not wish to be at the mercy of others, they too have a right not to be at the mercy of Jews. Now, this is David Ben-Gurion, who ultimately became the first Prime Prime Minister Minister. So So what happened to those comments? Well, it's all a subterfuge. Because concurrently within the the, the Zionist organization, Jabunsky, who wrote The Iron Wall, and this guy was a, you know, Ariel Sharon on steroids, crazy (laughs) Zionist, you know... um, we should shoot them. We've got to come straight out. And this is in the 20s. He was saying, we need a war. We need to clean this country out of all of the indigenous Palestinians. The only way to have our homeland for the Jewish people is for it to be free of anyone who is not Jewish. And we need to precipitate that war now. And he was you know, on it all the time. And it wasn't until 1942, so this is five years after um, the, the, the Peel Commission, that the Zionists officially adopted the, the concept that Palestine was to be a Jewish commonwealth. So Jabinsky actually went on and said, and he observed, and you know, to his credit was truthful, he said, every indigenous people will resist alien settlers as long as they see any hope of ridding themselves of the danger of foreign settlements. I mean, it's human nature that people will resist. Um, and, and that's where he really uh, urged the Zionists to go you know, crazy. He compared Palestinians to the, the Aztecs and the Sui Sioux, Sioux Indians and the Apaches of uh, North America. Ben-Gurion privately agreed, and this was another letter, were I an Arab, I would rise up against immigration liable sometime in the future to hand the, the country over to Jewish rule. What Arab cannot do this math? Understanding that an immigration at the rate of 60,000 a year means a Jewish state in all of Palestine.
0: I also want to uh, touch on the complicity of Britain uh, it's not just a mandate where they opened the gate for Jewish migration Damn. and maintained the civil and human rights of the Palestinians. There were a complicit plan. To create institutions. Absolutely. Because if you look at the institutions, whether a university, whether Histadrut, whether the central bank, or any of the major um, later became Israeli institutions, it started, the roots of it started in the 20s yep. under the protection and eyes and sometimes funding of the British mandate. Without question. Without and, question. and therefore, they spent the 25 years of mandate building institutions. Mm-hmm. Uh, arming militias uh, mm-hmm. of course the last 2 years uh, the violence uh, mm-hmm. escalated but the, the, the there were there was a master plan that the palestinians started to see as uh, as early as the twenties, and of, of course, course, it justified yeah. the grand revolution in the thirties and onwards.
1: Yeah, correct. And and uh if you mentioned um Elan uh, Papers' book before, but the grand plan was called Plan Dalit. You know, the, the the Zionists were mapping villages, village elders, um uh, roads, transport, the villages that, that they needed to take first strategically. Anyway, coming back to Ben Gurion, he accepted that Palestinians were reasonable in opposing the creation of the Jewish state. And another letter, he said. There's been anti-Semitism, the Nazis, Hitler, Auschwitz, but was that their fault? They only see one thing. We have come here and stolen their country. Why should they accept that? Hmm. By 1939, there was a million Palestinians in Palestine, 400,000 Jews, a million and 70,000 Palestinians, 460,000 Jews. In other words, the Jews had gone from being less than 10%
0: to something of the order of 30%, entirely due to the complicity of the British. And this 30% didn't control 30% of the land. No. They were on less than 6% of the land. Yep. But nevertheless, the partitioning of Palestine gave them more than half of the land. More than half, 55%. That's right. And how would you expect the Palestinians to be fair, To be fine with well, that? No, you would any, would you anyone, would you no. as Robert, as well, an Australian? Ben Gurion also said that if he were Palestinian, he wouldn't accept it. Yeah. I mean, he clearly said that. And and but the Palestinians, you wouldn't,
1: yeah, no, absolutely. And the Palestinians didn't accept it. And as you spoke just a second ago, Yusuf, you know, we had many uprisings, and famously from you know nineteen thirty six to thirty nine, where the the British systematically killed over six thousand Palestinians, uh, imprisoned over six thousand more, exiled many more thousands. This brutal repression was a major factor in the failure of the Palestinians to successfully resist the creation of Israel and the large scale dispossession that was the Nakba.
0: And, mm-hmm. and what's changed? Nothing's really changed. Now no, it's the American... It's, it's a more sophisticated but blatant... And it is. It's America doing it. Every it's- single day. And we're going to cover that a little bit later of what's happened in the last week. Yeah, it's- yeah.
1: So if we, if we go back to the parallels to Australia, and we spoke a moment ago about what happened in Tasmania and the guerrilla warfare that wa- the, 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 the Aboriginals waged against the, the colonials, um, many historians argue that that was a genocide. Yeah, you know, hundreds of thousands of Aboriginals were killed. And and the Australians didn't just practice this repression and large-scale terrorism. They went about deterring uh, Aboriginals from any sort of uh, resistance and whether it meant, you know, for every one of ours we're going to kill ten of yours, they would hang Aboriginals from trees so that uh, um, fellow would tri- tribesmen would see the sort of thing that was going on. And in Australia, the colonialisers basically was successful. I mean, they wiped out enough of the indigenous population as to the rend- to render the resistance, in fact,
0: Useless. futile. Yeah. There is a, a figure I have read uh, recently about the hypothetical figure of the Aboriginal co- uh, population. Had there no been um, uh, another state invading, there would have been something like 20 million by today. their own, yeah. But But actually the figures are less than 1 million. In
1: Australia, the colonializers were successful. I mean, the indigenous population is decimated. What we have now is a, 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 an overwhelming population that isn't Aboriginal in ancient Aboriginal lands. We've got a democracy that uh, gives them the chance to vote, but because there's such a minority, they are dispossessed but living on their own lands. Now, the the, the where the parallel ceases to exist is Israel didn't complete its uh, ethnic clans and its... Uh, Uh, complete destruction that's why they
0: refer to the palestinians of israel as the unfinished job
1: the unfinished job but also the demographic threat i Mm. mean the reality is 20 percent of the population of israel proper inside green line one in five is palestinian
0: there is a a, an israeli academic who says that the future of the palestine-israel conflict is not going to be decided in battlefields but in bedrooms in
1: bedrooms yeah in the wombs, yeah so, in, in um, maintaining Israel as a democracy, as the Palestinians increase from twenty to twenty-five, thirty to forty percent, is going to be—it's not possible. So, this increasing demographic threat is a real issue for them. And the question is: as a humanitarian, as a democrat, as a libertarian, you might want a state for all of its citizens, but that isn't what Israel is about. Israel is a state for the Jewish people. And and this is where the difference between Australia and Israel sort of start to diverge. Australia doesn't seek to drive out the indigenous population. The job is being done. Mm. You're at 1% or 2% of the population. You're really good. don't need to do anything. The, the ongoing um, situation in Palestine, the continuing Nakba, is to finish the job of erasing the Palestinian land of Palestinians, which, as we know, they won't be successful with. So Australian racism has changed into... Um, some sort of normalcy through a democratic process by marginalizing the Aboriginal store point but political Zionism has not the same level of racist um, it's uh, open too. It's it's open open.
0: racism it still exists so you're listening to Palestine remembered on 855 a.m. and we will uh, come back after the break We're gonna listen to a Sufi lyrics song made by Omar Khayrat. Wallahi, ما طلعت شمس ولا غربت الا وحبك مقرون بانفاسي. By Omar Khayrat and Al-Hallaj. And Omar Khairat. Allahi ma talaat shamsun, illa Listening to Palestine. Remembered on 855. um, We spoke about the similarities between uh, the colonial projects Australia and Israel and uh, we are going to continue um, uh, with uh, the updates uh, about the mass hunger strike that the Palestinian prisoners uh, uh, started on the Palestine Prisoners Day on the 17th of April. So today uh, we're heading towards the 13th day of the hunger strike. It's um, uh, in, In fact, uh, they have every reason to protest against their imprisonment but uh, their demands to be treated humanly which is according to international law this should be an obligation on any is, uh, or, or on any country or state that imprisons. Um, Cause the demands were basic human rights which was one was a, a phone call visitation rights. Visitation. They're, they're, they're things that everybody should be able to get naturally Israel. and legally. Israel systematically um, tries to inflict as much pain as possible on the families of prisoners, by making their family visits nearly impossible. Especially when you have elderly women and 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 men coming to see their loved ones, uh, so you will have to be there at as early as seven o'clock. But then you might not be able to see. Um, that you. Until 3 o'clock, which means yeah. that but hours and hours of wait.
1: It's also important to say, international law says that if you're an occupying power, you cannot move prisoners of war
0: or uh, uh, convicted peoples outside of the occupied territory. And all of the prisoners are right. not in the occupied territory. All
1: of the Palestinian prisoners are inside Israel proper, Green Line Israel. And so a Palestinian resident of the West Bank, who wants to visit their son who is being detained, we believe, illegally mm. inside Israel, mm. has to apply for a, a permit, go to a checkpoint, go through the category, the security check of a 17- or 18-year-old holding an M16 to their, their face, get let through miraculously, go to the other side, find a taxi, get to the prison, wait in line, get through another screening process, and then at the end of that, in a full day and tens of dollars, uh, and, and these people are living on tens of dollars a month, and they've spent tens of dollars in this day. Um, arbitrarily,
0: sorry, you can't come in. Absolutely. And that's why it was important for the prisoners and the Palestinian society to protest in different ways. Of course, the spearhead of the protest uh, is the prisoners and the uh, the leader Marwan Barghouti from uh, Fatah and other uh, political parties. We have Ahmed Saadat from PFLP, the leader of PFLP. We have others from DFLP and some of the prisoners from Hamas, Islamic Jihad, um, even Arab prisoners from Syria, Lebanon, and Iraq. So it's mass hunger strike in protest of the inhumane treatment of prisoners that started on the 17th of April. And now they are heading towards the two weeks of... Which uh, is incredible. Which is incredible so, uh, on its own. Now I want to also talk about the the, the, the solidarity from within the Palestinian society uh, in West Bank, in Gaza Strip, in Diaspora, in, 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 in Europe, in America, here in Australia we have an event uh, tomorrow... Uh, it's everywhere. The Palestinians feel that they are back to track on track, where uh, and, and and the campus is actually set by the leaders of the uh, of of that mass hangar uh, strike. And of course, the solidarity is not only by the Palestinians, but also by Australians, Canadian Europeans, uh, even Human even mates. even 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 some members of the Jewish community of member of Melbourne. Uh, have signed um, a statement that we're going to read out tomorrow on our event, and we'll definitely come back with more updates uh, on future episodes. So the hunger strike is still on. The The demands are unmet. In fact, since the beginning of the hunger strike, the treatment of prisoners have become, have, have det- has deteriorated. They, are, uh, they were denied access by lawyers, were not given access to speak to them, no visits, no contact with media. Lawyers? Lawyer, their own lawyers. Their own lawyers. Their say,
1: own lawyers. One, one, a junior minister in the Knesset said, you know, our, our prisons are overcrowded anyway. Let them hunger strike. They'll die. There's lots of room six feet under.
0: And that, and that is, that is that? exactly. This week. An Israeli, an Israeli minister. That is exactly what we mean <clears throat> by uh, the uh, violation of every level of human right. rights. Doesn't that just show the level of. And they get away with it. Zionist barbarity I mean, this is the it, thing
1: the, the the theme here I understand is that the chains will be broken before our spirit is we 're going nowhere exactly the sooner they come to terms. the Zionist uh, racist ideology comes to terms with the fact that as human beings, our right to live on our ancestral lands is equal to, if not greater. We are prepared to yeah. share, we can live together in love and harmony and peace, but if you keep doing this the the day of reckoning
0: will come and we have every right to resist. And, of course, the prisoners have every right to choose the way they protest against their own treatment in Israeli jail. And I think the highest peak of bravery, the highest peak of, of, of strength and power is to... To go on hunger. Well, they the again. They're putting their life on the
1: line. So
0: all solidarity with our uh, pl- uh, political prisoners in Israel. We're talking about thousands and thousands of prisoners. And um, we will talk about uh, them as much, as long as their hunger strike is uh, is going, we will be with them uh, here on the show. Absolutely,
1: And I'll t- we'll just remind our listeners of our phone number 0437-990-415. 437 990 Four We'd love to hear from some listeners. In fact, one of our listeners sent through a text saying, you know, tell us what's going on in Palestine today. And interestingly, I was able to get some some data, Yusuf, Rob, about um, the stuff we don't hear uh, in in, in the media today. And and if you add up these incidents and think about what happens, the stuff that we do hear at the end, In the past week, Israeli forces killed a Palestinian man and wounded seven others, including three children in the West Bank. In the Gaza Strip, Israeli forces continued to pursue Palestinian fishermen into the sea and opened fire on Palestinian farmers at the border. Israeli forces conducted 39 incursions into Palestinian communities and two in in Jerusalem. Forty civilians, including 19 children, were arrested in the West Bank. The contents of three bookshops for university services in Hebron were confiscated and the bookshops were closed. Israeli forces continue the efforts to, to create a Jewish majority in, the occupi- in occupied East Jerusalem by demolishing some homes. Hundreds of settlers stormed the Aqsa Mosque as well. Israeli authorities continue to impose a, a security closure on big chunks of the West Bank and Gaza Strip. Dozens of uh, temporary checkpoints were put up. All that happens, and then you might hear of a Palestinian resisting,
0: getting and that's shot. what you get to hear. And
1: that's what you get to hear. So that was last week in Palestine. So don't forget uh, our listeners, 437 990 437
0: And uh, on the uh, anniversary, the 70th anniversary of uh, Nakba, we are going to dedicate the next uh, two episodes uh, for the expulsion of Palestinians and the theft of their property and land. Uh, and, of course, with hopefully... Um, more news and views from Palestine. And again, I want to revisit, uh, again, I want to emphasize that there is mass hunger strike happening inside Israeli prisons. Until we meet next week, this is Robert, Martin, Nasser, Mashni, and Yusuf Arimawi. Have a great time and salam. Salam.